Chapter Sixteen of the Great Pearl Secret. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Great Pearl Secret by Charles Norris Williamson. Chapter Sixteen. The Grey Room. Pat Claremanagh floated in a grey sea, under a grey sky it seemed to him that the grey sea and sky were part of some existence after death he vaguely remembered that he had died if it were not for the constant heavy pain in his head he thought that he could recall the whole incident yes that was the word incident it hardly mattered now and wasn't worth while racking his brain over that tin hat of his was too tight much too tight but he was too weak to lift his hands and take it off strange though that he should be wearing it when he was dead he must have been killed in the war yet how long ago the war seemed he had thought that a great many things had happened to him after the war no doubt they were part of this dream this long floating dream after death but they were not grey like the leaden sea and the sky that hung so low over his head they were beautiful colourful things just straining to remember brought rainbow flashes across his brain out of these lights the girl's face looked at him juliet he heard himself mutter in a thick tongue-tied voice instantly another face appeared and blotted out that of the girl this one was solid and very real it bent over him in the greyness a man's face somehow familiar as if he had known it long ago long ago disliked it a fleshy bulk surrounded with hair he loathed it for itself and hated it for shutting out the vision of juliet so he closed his eyes for a moment consciousness died down like a fading flame only a vast vague greyness was left and the tight pain of the tin hat but when a few moments or a few years had passed a voice spoke it beat upon his dulled intelligence like the strokes of a clock in the dark telling an hour pat was suddenly keyed up to listening because it was a woman's voice and far down within himself he was aware that a woman's voice a certain woman's voice was what he yearned to hear strange he was wide awake and knowledge came to him that he was not dead after all though he might be close to death but he did not open his eyes because he could not bear to see the living mass of flesh and hair again he lay quite still and he listened you are always hanging over him like that whenever i turn my back said the woman why not i do no harm answered a man's voice with a rather soft monotonous foreign accent pat knew that the voice belonged to the face it also had association with long past things which were somehow important a scene began forming in his tired mind like bits of an old picture being matched together a room with tables and men drinking and smoking a cleared space a kind of stage a girl dancing slim lovely light as a fawn long red hair waving back and forth 
Lida. That was her name. Lida something. He was at one of the tables, very young, only a boy, and the hairy man sat with him, talking, praising the girl. Markov! He stopped, remembering, and listened again. You'd do harm if you dared to, the woman said. You'd like to kill him. I think it will be better for us all if he die, said the man. Much better, much safer. But no violence. Let him go. Fade away. I thought it would soon be finished with him. Then he open his eyes and look at me. You hear him speak some word. Yes, I heard him, the woman answered. It's the first time he's made a sound since except a sort of groaning i'm jolly glad we don't want him to drop off the hooks not much you are very foolish madam he can give your husband and the others away it is only me who have nothing to fear he do not see me there yet i am witness against any ones who treat me wrong pooh said the woman you are always harping on your powers to hurt us it's nil the hunt's out for you mr markoff or halbin or whatever you like to be if we're keeping you for our own sakes because you haven't paid up anyhow it's your game to lie low you daren't show your nose outside this door but for heaven's sake let's stop arguing i'm for nothing in that part of the business you have all got some plan you try to work behind my back growled the man i tell you enough times the money will come when it comes you'll get the pearls if it comes in time that's the rub the word pearls was like a key it unlocked the door of pat's memory and impressions flowed in but they were confused without beginning or end and he lay motionless hoping for more clues he was conscious that the woman leaned over him she brought with her a heavy oriental perfume and he felt a waft of warm breath on his face are you awake she asked speaking slowly do you know what happened to hurt you eh pat did not show by the quiver of an eyelid that he had heard when he come back to himself by and by he will remember everything perhaps and then where will you all be the man wanted to know he never will remember unless there's someone to give him the tip people don't remember with concussion the woman said so that was what he had concussion of the brain pat wondered how he had got it one of the impressions filtering back was of hitting a man and hearing him squeal what had followed was a blank like everything since maybe some other man had hit him from behind the woman moved away and cautiously pat opened his eyes the greyness was still there, but it was more definite, more commonplace, as if belonging to earth and things of everyday life. He thought that he must be lying on his back in a bed, looking straight up at a low grey ceiling. There were grey walls, too, but he could not turn his head to see more, as his neck was stiff and painful. The light was so dim that he imagined it must be drawing toward dusk in a room with small windows partly covered with curtains. More talking went on at a distance between the man and woman. Sometimes it sounded so far off 
that Pat wondered if there was an adjoining room with an open door. Presently, when all had been silent for so long that he had almost dozed off, there was a sudden explosion of voices. The listener fancied that there were two new ones, both voices of men, and one he recognized, though irritatingly, he could not attach the right name-label. He kept his eyes closed, because he was sure that the latecomers would look at him, and his caution was rewarded. Someone turned on a light. The two new voices mumbled in sick-bed whispers across his pillow. He caught a word here and there, again, the pearls, Markov, and the Duchess. The last gave him an odd thrill. Juliet! She had been angry. How was she feeling now? Was she seeking for him? Or did she give him credit for running off with the pearls? Or Lyda? Or both together? The thought that this might be so, probably was so, made him long to spring up and fight his way to his wife, somehow. And perhaps he could not have resisted attempting to move had not a sudden noise snapped the thread of his thought. A quarrel had broken out over something between the men. All three voices rose sharply. The woman intervened and was rebuked. Then came a squall of rage, instantly stifled. The woman screamed and drew in her breath with a gasp. All was still again. Hark! whispered someone. The light went out. In place of the greyness, blackness fell. Pat could hear the pounding of his own heart, and another sound almost hidden by the noise in his breast. He thought that stairs were squeaking under a stealthy foot. End of chapter 16